You ready, Ma? I'm ready, Erin. You ready, Teeny? I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go to Rome, Italy. Mm. Guess what I forgot to do? What? Well, write an intro. <laughs> so. <laughs> Don't freestyle it. Go. 1973. Give her a beat. And here you go. Uh, this week we are doing The Way of the Dragon. There are many dragon movies, so we, we're glad that we all kind of hooked up and watched the right one. What if I we did it? I was 100% sure we were going to watch. I was going to be hearing you guys do a recap and be like, oh, no. <laughs> watched the wrong one. I watched the wrong one. <laughs> that would be so funny. Okay, well, we have a young woman who owns a Chinese restaurant in Rome and the syndicate in Rome wants to buy her property and they are being thugs about it. So she gets in touch with her uncle in China and he sends a fixer. She thinks the fixer is going to be an attorney, but he sends more of a Ray Donovan fixer. He sends Bruce Lee to fix it. <laughs> That's what he said. And that is what this movie is about. Thank you very much. Nice. Well done. Right off the dome. Off the dome. So we're doing The Way of the Dragon. It was originally released on December 30th, 1972. And in the United States... It was released as Return of the Dragon on August 14th, 1974. And so Nerd Alert, the original movie, The Way of the Dragon, was only intended for the Asian market. It was never going to get a global release. It was produced by Concord Production Inc., which was founded by Bruce Lee and also formed with Golden Harvest founder Raymond Chow. And Raymond Chow worked under the Shaw Brothers. And the Shaw Brothers are responsible for films like The 36 Chambers of Shaolin, The Five Deadly Venoms. Basically, if you know anything about Wu-Tang, the rap group, hip-hop group, then you've heard of the works of the Shaw Brothers because... They watched them and got super impressed. And so all the old kung fu movies of Hong Kong, that was the Shaw Brothers. And they modeled their studio in Hong Kong after the Hollywood system of like the 30s, 40s, and 50s and stuff. So they would just sign the stars, the producers, and they're just cranking them out. And So I was actually wrong when I said her, her uncle was in China. He was actually in Hong Kong, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so Raymond Chow, he started working under them, under the Shaw Brothers, and then he branched out and wanted to have his own company. So that's he formed Golden Harvest with Leonard Ho, and they produced The Big Boss, Fist of Fury, Game of Death, Police Story, the 1990 feature film Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Iron oh. Monkey. They pretty much did almost all of Jackie Chan's films. Um, I think they also kind of helped break Jet Li. And so this was produced, written, and directed by Bruce Lee. And this is his only completed directorial film. The music is by Joseph Koo, 
He did the t- theme song for the TV show Hotel. He also did Game of Death, Fist of Fury. He has over 1,200 songs that are considered canto pop. And canto pop is it's a song form where it's standard modern Chinese, except it's sung in Cantonese. And in Hong Kong, Cantonese is the official and native language of Hong Kong. And I think in mainland China, it's Mandarin, I believe. Could be wrong. Um, the director of photography was Tadashi Nishimoto. He's Japanese. He also did Game of Death, Black Cat Mansion, and the Super Infra Infra Man. He's done like so many other movies. Edited by Peter Chuang. He also cut Rumble in the Bronx, Super Cop, and Fist of Fury. It's starring Bruce Lee whose real name is Lee Jun Fan. He is playing Tang Lung, who is a Hong Kong... Um, so Bruce Lee, is a, he was... A, um, he's American because he was born in the Chinatown section of San Francisco in 1940. To His father was a Cantonese opera star. Um, wow. And so then they moved back to Hong Kong where he was raised and he didn't really have, he, he lived a life of privilege and I think he would like get into fights and stuff as a kid. He always loved fighting. Um, he also in Hong Kong was in several films as a child actor. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. So as an adult, he's most famous for being in only five movies. And they are The Big Boss, which was in 1971, Fist of Fury, 1972. Then he did Way of the Dragon, and then Enter the Dragon in 73. And his final death, I mean, his final film was released after his death in uh, Game of Death, 1978, because that was the film that he was working on when he died. And he was also in the, the child movies and stuff. He was in The Kid, The Orphan. He was also in Cato in the Green Hornet, which mm-hmm. that was a TV show in America. And it was on 1966 to 1967. Mm-hmm. I think it was only on maybe two seasons. I think maybe only 26 episodes. And uh, part of the problem is that he was playing Cato, which was basically the Green Hornet chauffeur. But he just blew everyone. He The guy had so much charisma that... You know, it was kind of like, no, this, this, this other, because he's an other, you know, he can't have this much shine. He can't be outshining the lead character and stuff. So they would always kind of um, basically handcuff him and not let him do his full potential and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they probably would have had a hit on their hands if they had just like leaned into it. Like, oh my gosh, we have a star. But, you know, people just being weird. And, and that's funny because usually, like, when there's a star and there's money involved, like, people will look a, put their prejudices away because of that almighty green dollar. Mm-hmm. But some people are dumb. Um, also, Nora Mao, she was Chen Ching Hao. She was also in The Big Boss, Clans of Intrigue, and Dragon Fist. We have P- Wei Ping O which he was Ho, he was in Fist of Fury, Hapkido, Fist of Bruce Lee, also in Fist of Unicorn, 
And nerd alert, in this film, he did dub his own voice, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> we have Huang Sang Sing, who is Uncle Huang. He was in Fist of Fury, Downhill the Ride, and The Chinese Connection. We have Unicorn Chan, which I wrote that down just for the name alone. What a great Unicorn name. Chan. Unicorn Chan. He played Jimmy. Nerd alert, he was the childhood best friend of Bruce Lee. He was also oh, in wow. The Birth of Mankind, Fingers of Doom, Fist of Fury, <laughs> Fist of Unicorn. I love like, all these fisting going on. Yeah, it's like my dad named all these films. <laughs> Just we have Robert Wall. He was Bob. He was also I in... hope that's taken the right way that you're <laughs> I'm out. I don't I'm know. Out. It's well, it's not really after hours, but it is it is getting really hot over here. <laughs> oh. We oh. can't even explain it. Mm-mm, no. Yeah. <laughs> we just, it would just sound worse and worse. Yeah, well. and then worse. it is. Everything is above board and honest and fine. Just move on. Uh Bob. Then Enter the Dragon, Game of Death, Sidekicks, Blood and Bone. He was a world profession. World professional karate champion in 1970. He's a ninth degree black belt. We have Italian Is beauty. That Bob Wall? That's yeah, that's Robert Wall. Okay. Yeah. I, I have a fun fact about him. I'll do him later. Okay. Nice. We have Italian beauty Melissa Longo. She's an Italian actress, model, and writer. She was also in The oh, Young. I know who she was. The evil. Yeah. The Young, The Evil, and The Savage. Super Stooges versus the Wonder Women and wow. White Fang and the Hunter, to name a few. Oh, White Fang. That was a very popular young. I young. think it's um, something different because White Fang and the Hunter. I don't I don't know if it's the same. OK, never mind. And finally, we have seven times U.S. and world karate champion Chuck Norris as Colt. I was so surprised. Nerd alert, this was his screen debut. What? Yeah. This is the first the first Chuck Norris time he was wow. on the, the celluloid. <sighs> Too bad he never cries. Although, well, I don't know. I guess he maybe he was uncredited or I don't know when the wrecking crew came out because the wrecking he was in the wrecking crew and that was with Sharon Tate. That's why I put it down because oh. Bruce Lee was also like the choreographer for the Wrecking Crew, and it's famous because Sharon Tate, and then you know, nineteen. Ouch. Yeah, because I was thinking of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mm-hmm. through this because I do love me some Brad Pitt, but I don't think that scene needed to be in it. I thought it did because it well. Uh, well, okay. I thought that it did. I understood because on one hand, you're the because we're talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So there's a scene where Brad Pitt's stuntman character um, fights against Bruce Lee, who was at the time playing Cato in The Green Hornet, and he, Brad Pitt's character, pretty much like kind of has a it's a good fight, but beats up Bruce Lee, and it's kind of like no man, that didn't like, that wouldn't have you, happened. Come on, but. Yeah. You have to kind of maybe go, I'm willing to give Quentin Tarantino the benefit of the doubt in this case that I think that's how he, the Brad Pitt character, was remembering it. 
Like that scene is all from oh, his okay. point of view. Because that would not. Yeah, because happened. you're like, are you serious? Like, like I love me some Brad Pitt too, but he would have gotten even if he's playing like Cliff the stuntman or whatever yeah. his name is, he would have gotten his ass beat by Bruce Lee. You know, before he even saw it coming. Yeah. Okay. So, but I think that it was his point of view, and you know, he. Okay. So, um, good guys wear black. Delta Force, Code of Silence. Lest we not forget the total gym commercials um, from 1993 to 2001. He was Walker, Texas Ranger. Yes, he was. And also of the famous Chuck Norris facts, such as Chuck Norris can divide by zero. And Chuck Norris's tears cure cancer. Yes. Too bad he never cries. That, that book was so much fun. That got me through one year at school, sending those out to to our librarian, Carol Sheehan. <laughs> <laughs> Every day I'd have a new one for her. And those are the particulars. Okay. Well, we start with the credits. And they're very 60s, early 70s uh, um do you want to explain the credits? I, don't really I have a nerd alert about them. Okay. By all means, jump in. The So we start with the credits, and there is writing. Yes. I don't know if it would it be. I don't know if I it's, it's Cantonese. Or, I'm, it, or Cantonese. Can, yeah. Okay. It, it is Asian writing that we of white privilege a couple of us don't understand but so you see it's like um animation yes you thank it? you mm-hmm. that's what it, it was yes it, yes and um but the writing it's like four characters and it translates into fierce dragon crossing river oh. and you see a dragon like a dragon like a boat dragon boat kind of thing yes. crossing the river with a bunch of people in it and you see the 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 people using like oars to get through yes. the water i understood that which okay, i cool. to be bruce lee going to rome interesting wow. you know it's so we watched this movie on the pluto tv app at least I did. And it's also mm-hmm. online on like Daily Motion. And so I just wanted to, I briefly watched the beginning. And on the Daily Motion one, it doesn't have the Chinese characters. It just has oh. Bruce. Because it also doesn't, because my one of my favorite things is in the titles, it, it was like Italian beauty and like world, cha- you know, champion, like giving all of their like bona fides, which I thought was like pretty awesome. And kind of wish that more people did that in there. Uh, yeah, that'd be titles, cool. You know, national treasure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it didn't have it. It was just it just had it was the same animation and stuff, but it was just like Bruce Lee, Chuck Norris. Oh, so. okay, that's interesting. Well, um, so that happens. We have a close up of Bruce Lee at an airport, 
and people are staring at him. I mean, there is one woman next to him who does not stop, doesn't take her eyes off of him. I believe that's what is referred to as the white gaze, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, gotta be. That was. Uh... It was so weird. Um, and then he messes with a little kid. But he's also he's in Rome, and he is. I don't. What is the traditional? His apparel. It's like the. Tra I don't know what it's called, but it's like traditional. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hazard a guess, but it is a traditional black. Um, it looks like a cotton pants and a it's tunic shirt. Extremely comfortable, and if you've seen any, because if you've listened to a bunch of our movies, you know that. I mean, I think the Latinos and Asian people and Indigenous people are definitely the least people that we see in movies right so um but anytime that you would i i feel like in the 60s they would be wearing something similar to this because it would be in a like chinese restaurant and exactly the people would be wearing it and it's, so it, it's right. just very i guess it's very stereotypical for like us westerners looking at it but to him and where he's coming from and he's he's wearing it and he's he's not like ashamed of it he's proud yeah, he's like says it's a uh, well everything i'm seeing online says it's a kung fu suit okay kung fu suit because he has to be ready at any moment to put that foot in your throat yeah so he, he can't have any ripped seams or he can't be wearing Levi's with but no no spandex. I feel like in the 1970s in Rome that people at the airport were looking at him thinking like he he's a, a country bumpkin yeah. from the sticks of China. So it's a, nor, a loose cotton shirt with wide leg trousers. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which you definitely, I mean, if you're going to be kicking your legs that high, you need some loose trousers on. Yes, you do. Yeah. And I felt like the people who were staring at him were Americans. They just looked real American. Well, I mean, can we? They were okay. white, and I took them to be Italians, but maybe they were tourists and stuff. It was that woman with that hat on. She was American. Okay, he goes <laughs> in a restaurant, and I said restaurant or Sky Club. I'm not sure. I expected him to get kicked out, but he didn't. A woman comes over with a menu in English. And he's asking for eggs. And she doesn't know what he's asking for? Well, but she's Italian. Oh, okay. Because so, I, at this point, still didn't understand where we were. Right. I didn't either. I, was, I, I assumed that we were in America just because I'm an yeah. American and that's what I do. But I'm then, going, is he a Dulles? Yeah. So he is uh, trying, he goes into a restaurant or the Sky Club or whatever, and he gets a menu that is in English, and he orders eggs. Uh, so this is when we realize he doesn't speak English well, and he doesn't read English. Because he's asked where the restroom is, but I do that frequently, and I do read English. Anyway. Finally, he just points to something, as I have been known to do in Germany. And he gets five different kinds of soup. And a couple of them are pretty creamy. Mm -hmm. I'll get, I'll, this is, shows up in my rejito bowls. I have okay. more on this. Okay. He's eating fast. 
And he has to let out his belt of his comfy pants. Um, and his bag is very important to him. It's a, um, a fabric bag, not like a suitcase. And he's looking at a picture of a girl and he finds her. She finds him. And she is confused because she was expecting her uncle to come. And he says, the uncle isn't feeling well, so I came instead. But I know I can help you. And she goes, but you don't know my problem. And he goes, I'll help you. Just let me know where is the toilet. Because he has to, he, he's got a, a knock on the door. <laughs> I did take a toilet tally. Oh. Because <laughs> it, it is a running joke. And they go and get in her convertible car. And she's saying last month, oh, so her father originally owned the, the Chinese restaurant in Rome. And, and he passed away last month. Oh, wait, my, all, so all this exposition is happening over um, footage of them driving. Sightseeing Rome. Sightseeing Rome. So it's just a uh, voiceover and you're, it's just, you know, 19, late, early 1970s pictures of Rome. And that's when I was like, oh, this is like... Oh, because when they went to the airport, I saw the flag and I couldn't see if it had an emblem. So I was thinking that it was like they were in Mexico. So then I'm like, oh, what? Is, I guess maybe they're in Mexico. But then when I saw all of like the. Um, the Coliseum. Well, when I saw the Coliseum, then I was like, <laughs> yeah, they're in Rome. But until the Coliseum showed up, I was like, what? Where is this Mexico? I was feeling I was re feeling real dumb, real dumb American over here. I didn't know where we were. It was it, it was really late in the movie when I wrote Rome is where we're going to. <laughs> um, she says, my father left me the restaurant. The syndicate wants my land and the thugs scare the customers away. And I wrote beautiful scenery. <laughs> oh, Rome. <clears throat> and she says, I thought my father would send a lawyer. So she takes him to her apartment. But it's her He's uncle because I think her father died. Yeah, that's how she got the restaurant. Yes, uncle. I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, um, it, I thought, well, okay. She takes him to her apartment. He looks really uncomfortable. And she says, you can stay. And again, he has to use the toilet. Yeah. She's not impressed with him. She's like, what is this scrawny dude going to do for me? Well, also because she, in she does the same thing that, like, the people at the airport were doing. Like, you... Like, you came from Hong Kong wearing that? Like, you know, way to lean into the stereotype, man. Like, we're trying to, we're trying to, like, show that we're more than, than that, you know? And, and, like, it, that was her point of view, I think. I was like, you come, you come in here looking like that. Unbelievable. Because she had done a bit of a shag thing to her hair. I mean, the the shag haircut was the thing. In, yeah, she was. In the 70s. So, yeah. Okay. So, she gives him a key to her apartment and a card with the restaurant's name on it. So, he can just show that to people. You know, those people who come up to you and need money because they, at the airport, they can't speak. Or they went through some horrible thing and they are begging for I thought you so that you could hand it to a cab. Yeah. 
So that you could get it was. I just reminded me of that. The people with the little card you have to read. Okay. They um, I think security kicked them out. I haven't seen them in like forever. She uh he says he, he came with some money and he has his money belt on him. And she goes, You gotta put that money in a bank. And he goes, It's safer with me which i totally believe yeah i think you you might not know but i'm kind of a big deal <laughs> you must not know about me so she's really pushy she takes him to the bank and makes him deposit his money in the bank and he gives a wad of hong kong money i don't know what it's called i'm sorry to the banker now this is where it got weird for me okay so, yeah i went to commercial it did go to commercial. This is, yeah, this is the first time, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to tell them. They're just going to have to discover this for themselves. Okay, so some stuff happens, and I'm not going to go into it because it actually happens later in the film. Or is it... I think she, it just cuts. Okay, so do they're we, at... I don't know. They, so that was what it was supposed to do? Because it's the exact same scene later in the movie. I didn't have that happen. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So what are you talking about? Like the guy, she goes to give the, the money to the guy in the bank. The guy in the bank opens up all of, like the bills and stuff. And then it cuts to like our American commercials, like the progressive right. lady or something. And then right. you're like, oh, these are commercials. And then it like cuts back in. And it's like, it, I thought that it was a scene with just her basically saying, um, Oh, you need to like giving a speech about how you need to be more Western. Like we're in oh, Rome. I didn't see that. But part. here's the thing. My eyes were getting heavy. So I could have fallen asleep for a second. The commercials and then woke up to that. It's very, very hazy of what happened. Okay. So in, in, in your recollection, they are still in Rome and they have, have they didn't done, leave Rome. Yeah. Okay, and they're doing some sightseeing. And she is telling him how to be Western as far as dealing with people. Yes. Because he's yeah. very standoffish. And the woman and comes, the Italian A woman approaches them. One of my favorite quotes of the whole movie. Yeah. She said, when people smile, you smile back. It's only right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Fuck politeness. I fucking hate. Yeah. But, so she says, and then she was like, when you put your, when somebody comes and puts their arm around you, you put their arm back around, you put your arm back around them, and then the lady of the night comes. Yes. Uh, and so she says, uh, while you're here, don't be so uptight. So this woman comes and. You know, it, it's very much like the Midnight Cowboy, where the woman approaches him and takes him back to her room. I think it's more egregious than that because it's this guy who he's Asian, sitting in his a it, cotton Asian outfit, and he's talking with a, a young woman who is of his same age, but she's a female and also Asian. And this woman just does not know the relationship between yeah, these that, two. That's true. She that could have been his wife. Exactly. And then she just comes down and sits down and puts her arm around him and stuff. It's just she she was making best case scenario. She was making assumptions that they were brother and sister. That's best case scenario. 
or she just didn't give a fuck that that That's was what I think the it was. significant other. She's just like, oh, look at me. I'm Italian. I'm what the world has dubbed beautiful. Yeah, which uh, that was a stretch. Um, anyway, oh, so the Italian beauty. Yeah. Oh my God, she was the Italian beauty. Yeah, you just gave her, her a straight her title. Caught, caught, caught a straight. She showed wow. her boobs for you. She I hate showed to see what her you boobs. about me on that. No, I'm gonna say she was, she was no teeny or Aaron. That's what I'm saying. So she leads him up to her room because he's doing what his friend was telling him to do. You know, just mimic whatever behavior you're seeing. And then she comes back topless and he runs out as he should. Wait, he doesn't just come back topless. While she's going to change, he has a whole moment, which is one of my favorite scenes of him doing like kung fu moves. Yes. He's got to get those the practice in. in the mirror, which reminded me either A, when I come home from the gym or B, when you're like, have that moment when you're drunk and you go to the bathroom and you just look at yourself in the mirror. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. But then, how fast was he? The camera's over I his know. shoulder. I mean, I, did you not do this? Like while you were <laughs> sitting on your couch to see how fast you could do it? Yeah. Not like. Do you know how crazy of a drummer Bruce Lee could have been? Wow. <laughs> like the fails he could have done. <laughs> Okay, so at this point, they go to the restaurant, and an uncle is there, and Bruce Lee asks, where are the customers? Um, because the workers are all out back practicing karate. Because karate. they have to, they're out practicing karate, because when the thugs come in, they got to be able to throw down and like hold it down because then if the customers, if like regular, if Mario, the regular Italian, the regular Roman out there knows like, oh, I want Chinese food. Can't go there. The thugs are, you'll get beat up. No, I won't because their patrons will protect me because they know karate. Exactly. But one of the dudes, one of those workers is going, you know what? He doesn't look that great to me. Yeah, they're like, oh, this guy's going to come in. Look at him yeah. in his cotton outfit. Like, we're up here. We're practicing karate. Oh, and you're going to come in with some Chinese boxing? Yeah, I, I heard Chinese boxing lacks power. So show us. And he goes, oh, you'll get hurt. <laughs> Which was, that, was, that made me laugh. <laughs> and then the head cook comes out and says, we have customers. Well, Bruce Lee is back in the toilet and the thugs do come in and they do run customers out and they are saying to the girl, I can't, I, I don't know what the girl's name was in the movie. It was um, Chen. Chen. And they're saying, if you don't give us an answer tonight, we're going to rip this place to pieces. Um, but the funny thing was, so the guy... The chef kept, he was so concerned about the restaurant getting torn apart. Like every time there was about to be a fight, he'd be like, no, you can't mess the restaurant up. Right. I was like, you know, this restaurant's about to get so messed up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, okay. 
what do you, at this point do the four bad dudes walk in? That they could like the the Hong Kong pimp, my favorite the, character of the entire film, with the two black guys. I don't know. I don't know the order. I just know that I perked up in my seat and was like, "What? What is going on here?" Yeah, it what? was. I mm, just, I just okay. love who, like all the thugs in this film are like. What is going? What was going on? Is, is this just Bruce Lee's like funny sense of humor and stuff, or which I think it, it was? But it's also funny to think like. What was the thug scene in Rome in the early 70s like? Because this is not what they make Italians to. I watched Godfather. Like, what is this? They were the craziest thugs. They they were so comedic. But it reminded me of Stephen Chow and like Kung Fu Hustle. And I just saw a lot of Stephen Chow influence in this. Okay. Well, again, the head cooks won't let him fight inside, so they step outside. Um, first dude gets punched. Bruce Lee is next, and with two kicks, he has a dude out. Then the black dude, the voice oh, of the man. black dude. Which the, I think, so I had a tasty nugget. Yeah. And yeah. Bruce Lee, did this movie, Nerd Alert, was shot without sound. Because when you shoot film, you would have to shoot film because you have film in the canister. And then separately, you have to shoot sound. And that clapboard that you see, that's to sync up the image with the sound. I didn't know that. I thought it was just start the scene. Nope. Outstanding. When you're shooting shooting on film, because film didn't record sound. It was a sound recording that would then get synced in. Like with video and all that, they record together. But if you're doing sound, you have to sync it up. And that's what the clap is. Um, so he, they just shot this film with no sound. So they would roll. They would do the lines. And then in post-production, they have what's called ADR. So sometimes when you're looking at movies and, and you see that there's a scene and they're outside and it's really windy... A lot of times they're they've gone back into the studio. They have mic set up like we do for the podcast. They show the film and then the actors have to re-record their lines and they'll put it in and then they'll the audio will what's called sweeten it and they'll add like the wind effects, but the wind effects will be way below. It'll just be in the background to give the illusion of they were talking. Because there's certain right. scenes that it's just like, oh, there's no way they could get good audio for that. So that's what they did in this film. And also because it was actually pretty a pretty brilliant idea on his part because it's way cheaper when you don't have to worry about sound. You can just shoot it. Also, originally it was just intended for the Asian market. So they were right. just going in and dubbing in the I probably Cantonese that you know is being spoken and stuff. Um, and then that also gave them an opportunity, though, to just go in and dub in English. And so Bruce Lee did pretty much all of the English dubbing. So oh the, the black guys, they're like, can you help me? That's Bruce Lee, I think. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Because it was it was um, rather stereotypically offensive. <laughs> 
but but it was funny i've heard a dude that sounds just yeah like it was pretty and it was pretty funny and because they do the joke about the spare ribs which made me laugh really hard i was like oh like, like i could i wouldn't be mad if people got mad about it but i'm not gonna get mad about it because it was funny can you help me oh you you know spare ribs and then he punches him in the ribs that's um, i mean that's yeah. bush comedy canon right there <laughs> that's true that is true that is true okay so um bruce lee uh kicks two kicks and one dude is out oh because we have have we said that we are outside and they are fighting now Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because okay. the you know the cook, as we already Dini mentioned, he's like, don't don't be, like take it outside, guys, not inside. Don't mess up this beautiful decor. Um, what the black dude Bruce Lee just sits on him, and then uh, they're two and done, and then he says, now they've wh- been whipped, they'll be screaming for revenge. That's what the uncle says. Mm-hmm. Now they've been whipped, they're going to come back even worse than it was before. Okay, so it's the next day. Bruce Lee is in um, Chen's apartment whittling darts. <laughs> Which I loved. And at rest, one dude thinks he is. Oh, okay. So this is where the scene I had seen earlier repeats. With the bank teller? It's right after the bank teller. And she, we're at the restaurant, and the man lets her see what you got. Knocks the dude into the boxes. Teach me uh, that the fight. There's a fight outside. I thought that was a different fight. Okay, so, um, but the boss comes in, mm-hmm. and he says, "I want the." The boss is saying, no, he doesn't come to the restaurant yet, but the boss is saying to, uh, who is his right-hand man? Ho, like my favorite character. Ho, who is his favorite character. I Uh love that he he is the the boss, right? And he's like, right, guy. And he says, I want that restaurant. And he's only one man. Um, and the and Ho says, "Who knows Chinese kung fu?" And the boss is like the white bearded guy, right? Yes, yes, yes. with the big ass glasses. Mm-hmm. And this is when he says that line: "We got America. We got a what? Call America." Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, I got a little um, kerfluffled there. Uh, okay, so the thugs come back with guns, and they say, "Where is the dude from Hong Kong?" And Bruce Lee was sightseeing. So, this- so mine got kind of messed up. Well, she did take him sightseeing to she, oh, okay. to Rome, okay. and, and they're looking at all these ruins, and Bruce Lee, and oh, she's yeah? like, "Isn't it great?" And he's like, "In Hong Kong, this is what like the ghettos look like." Yeah, he's like I. I love. He's like so unimpressed. I love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So they walk into the restaurant after sightseeing and they are met with guns. The boss is there. They give him a plane ticket to Hong Kong and they take him out back. What is wrong with them? But then they're like, don't use the gun. Well, there was um, like a lot of stuff about the guns. Because I don't know, I don't know what happened with the guns, but he starts fighting with a broom handle. Mm-hmm. Then he pulls out his nunchucks. Yeah, Heller. <sighs> this is why I put in parentheses. Why don't they all rush him at one time? Each one rushes him at a different time. Yeah, they're dummies. And he can, of course, take on one or two at a time. As someone who had, uh, true, but as someone who dabbled in making their own nunchucks circa 1990 in Germany, black electrical tape and twine made excellent nunchucks. You pick a nice two sticks. Yeah, we did the, we did the whole nunchuck thing. She also made a crossbow that had to be taken away from her because it was way too good. It was just sticks, packing tape, and rubber bands. I yes, couldn't it help was. it. Yes, it was. Duct tape, rubber bands, and sticks. But nunchucks. And shoot an arrow. You know, like, the kid, you, you can go in there, and we didn't know anything about nunchucks. It's just swinging wood around and stuff. Like, right. him... Two nunchucks, professional, like he's basically created a force field around his body. Um, um, Tasty Nugget Nerd Alert. I did hear this was the only time he used two sets of nunchucks. Oh. I mean, you could, like, if it's Bruce Lee, he's already kicked a whole bunch of people. Like, they obviously, in, in the movie, they don't know that he's Bruce Lee. But he's kicked all these people's asses with broomsticks and just his feet and stuff. And now he has nunchucks and he does the whole spinning crazy thing. And then I'm like, no, I'm not going to rush him in. Like, That's true. <laughs> and I wrote, does he have 0% body fat? He must have had 0% body yeah, fat. Pretty much. Um, because when he takes off his beautiful cotton shirt, my God. He was just ripped. Okay. They go back in the restaurant. He pulls out the darts and he's fighting everyone, including the boss. And it has been an hour. He brought darts to a gunfight. He (laughs) did indeed. Well, I don't know how you're doing the POC count this week. What are you doing? Oh, for POC count. So I had people of European descent and I put that as 10 plus just because at the beginning and then there was patrons in the restaurant. Right. And then I had two POCs, which was the two black guys because this was Rome. I was like, man, they like brought in two black guys. But then, of course, they had to be thugs. So and they had to speak like what? me they spoke like they were pimps in like a black exploitation film yes exactly exactly harlem knights or something yeah um so that was my count and then everyone else was hong kong of chinese asian, descent. asian descent of mm-hmm. one way or another mm-hmm. okay nerd alerts we've done several but i'm sure there are more Okay, I have to set the scene for 1972. Some crazy things happened in 1972. Some things that people will probably, like, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail about. You can look up yourself. 
But um, I was a sophomore at Moorhead State University. Okay, so this is your sophomore year of college. This was before Poppy. So the UK, the United Kingdom, their economy is in the toilet. It's really bad. They have one million unemployed people. It's the worst since World War II. So you got to think, man, that's... Yeesh. Shirley Chisholm, who is the first black mm-hmm. congresswoman, announces that she's running for president in 1972. Yes, she did. Okay, this is nuts. I had never heard about this story. Yugoslavian Vensa Vul- Vulovic, she's the only survivor of a plane crash. She falls and survives a 10,160 feet drop. You've never heard about this? No, she was in the tail section of the plane and it had and had no parachute. So what happened was she was on she was a a flight attendant and the DC nine that she was on was torn apart from a bomb that was in a suitcase. Oh, and she was found by a World War II medic in the rubble. And because, like, the guy who happened to find, like, the guy said, I heard her screaming and found her. And because he had been a medic in World War II, he was able to keep her alive until the rescue operation arrived. So what happened is she was trapped by a food cart in the fuselage. So when the explosion ripped the plane apart, like that's decompression and you're going to get sucked out. But she didn't get sucked out of the plane because she got trapped by a food cart. And then she had a history of low blood pressure. So she ended up passing out before her heart could explode. And her history of like low blood pressure was such that she knew that she wasn't going to pass the physical to be a flight attendant. So before her physical to be a flight attendant, she just guzzled tons of coffee so that her blood pressure would be in the safe range because she knew like my blood pressure is so low, they're not going to let me fly. But it was because of her low blood pressure that she was able to pass out. And where they crashed, it was heavily wooded and also snowy. So it kind of like cushioned and softened the blow. But like regardless of that, she spent days in a coma, had a fractured skull, three fractured vertebrae. One was totally crushed. Both of her oh. legs were broken. Her pelvis was fractured. She had broken ribs. But she ended up like pretty much making a full recovery. She still had a limp. And she didn't have, she had amnesia of the incident because she passed out so early and she didn't have any qualms about flying. She wanted to get back up in the air, but the, um, the airline was like, nah, nah. And they put her on desk duty and stuff. Um, she also had a slight limp, but it kind of was barely noticeable. And it's just, I I had never heard that story. And the plane had been blown up. And this is 1972. It had been blown up by Croatian nationals. And I just thought that, that was crazy that it was like, you know, 1972 and then what, the early 90s, like, but 94, 96, that's when Yugoslavia breaks up and you have Serbia, Croatia, Bosnia, Herzegovina. So it's just nuts that like all these like things that happen, it's, it's always, it, it goes way back. It's always like deeper than you think. Um, 
the U2, if you know the U2 song, Sunday Bloody Sunday, that happened in 1972, what the song's about. British Army killed 14 unarmed civil rights marchers that were in Derry, Northern Ireland. So that's Mm -hmm. what Bloody Sunday's about. D-E-R-R-Y, Derry, right? Yes. Um, Nixon traveled to China to meet Mao Zedong, and that was a big deal because... Like the you know after I think after World War II and then China went straight up communist the U S right. was like nah and yeah he was the first president yeah um oh Stone Mountain in Georgia was completed 1972 yay that's that's like over a hundred years after the Civil War so that commemorates Jefferson Davis Robert E Lee and Stonewall Jackson I guess it's like there I guess it's like a loser route Mount Rushmore yeah. Can't blow that up, though. Um, well... Can we? Moving right along. I know nothing. The Godfather came out. The original Godfather Yes, movie. it did. Oh. 72. Mario Puzo. 19, 1972. The first Boston Marathon in which women were actually allowed to compete. Are 1972. Wow. Oh, a little thing happened uh, in a hotel in Washington D.C. There was a break-in oh, during uh, for the, the Democratic National Convention. Um, you might know it as Watergate. When when the Republican Party wasn't up somebody's butt so hard that they couldn't see this is just anti-American and we're going to do away with this. Yeah. Uh, see all the president's men. We did that movie. Yes, we did. Angela Davis was found not guilty of murder. Because she walked in that courtroom and said, you might not know about me. You, Yeah, all right. I got something for you, yeah, motherfuckers. Go. Let's, let's go. That's a cool story. Look that up. Also, as we I mentioned, so, you know, blood, Sunday, Bloody Sunday, which led to what is dubbed as the Troubles in Northern Ireland. That's interesting. You could look that up. Oh, wow. The Price is Right and The Joker's Wild both debuted, 1972. Mm, Monty Hall. Mm -hmm. In the 1972 Summer Olympics in Munich, 11 (gasps) Israeli athletes were murdered by the Arab terrorist group Black September. They were in their dormitory. I don't think they were. Were they murdered in the dormitory or were they murdered when they, like, the, the... plane blew up i just remember that there's the famous picture of some like it had oh who was it it was that sportscaster from wide world of sports and they cut to it and it's like the the masked black guy and he's like outside the building yeah yeah that was their dormitories we yeah, saw that when the... we went to munich oh we saw the the olympic village and stuff but i had never seen them but steven spielberg hadn't made munich yet so i didn't know like, oh, okay. All what it was. Howard somebody? Cosell? Was it Howard? Cosell. I don't remember Not who sure. it was. Okay. Jackie Robinson died at age 53, which... Such I mean, a young man. Yeah, but the, the stress of being oh the my first God. black baseball player like killed the yeah. man at 53. That's yeah. Can you imagine the stress of that? He... he 
oh my gosh to not turn around and shout back at those people yeah like you gotta just take it you gotta like always be get out there and play your game so yeah nixon won the presidential election he went on to win oh Oh, not because of my vote. That was the first year I voted. McGovern, baby. I voted for McGovern. Um, baseball, Pittsburgh Pirates baseball star Roberto Clemente. He died in a plane crash. He was traveling to Nicaragua to help earthquake victims, and he tragic his plane crashed and he tragically died. Was he wasn't on the same plane as the lady who survived. No, he, he was, was on a goodwill mission to like help people in Nicaragua. Uh, that's that's what get, helping gets you. Look at that. Okay, so then my other nerd alerts: Hong Kong. We've been hearing a, a lot about it lately in the news. Mm-hmm. Um, so the history of Hong Kong is pretty interesting. This is this isn't even cliff notes. I'm glossing over so many things, but Hong Kong became a British colony. It was a colony of the British at the end of the first Opium War in 1842. Wow, I did not know mm-hmm. that. So it's from 1842 um, to... That's before our Civil War. Yeah, before our Civil War. Like, that was British. So there's that's why, you know, Hong Kong has... Well, anyway, let me get to my notes. So the Opium Wars... The sun wars, never set on the British Empire. It didn't, man. The Opium Wars were fought between Britain and the Queen Q-I-N-G dynasty. And that was basically China. I think like that was the dyn- I don't know if that was the dynasty that united them, but it was like basically like all right, that's China because China had had a whole bunch right. of different dynasties, and the issue was China's seizure of opium stacks at Canton, and they wanted to stop the banned opium trade because you know opiums and drugs used to make heroin and stuff, and the Chinese were like, no, we want to like hold up, slow your roll. And the British were like, no, you can't stop us from doing this. It's a little thing we like to call free trade. And I imagine that the King Di- Queen Dynasty, I don't know how to say it, I apologize, was like, excuse me, who are you? This is right. our, like, ooh, I, excuse me. And Britain was like, as the famous Eddie Izzard bit goes, uh, do you have a flag? Do you have a flag? We have a flag, and that pretty much means we can do whatever we want. And the Chinese were like, no, let's fight. And Britain was like, seriously? Because, like, not only do we have a flag, but we have, like, this world-famous, like, history's going to recognize awesome Navy. And so they won, and that's how they got Hong Kong. The area expanded in the 1860s, so around our Civil War. And so then in 1889, they came up with um, a 99-year lease. And so... Yeah, I'd hate to be stuck on one of those. In 1996... (laughs) How do you break one of those? the rent is controlled. Yes. Well, it is kind of interesting because you have to think of it. So from 1842... And like that's when it's that's when it's officially theirs. But you know, Britain had their finger in it long before then. So in Hong Kong, there was a heavy British Western influence. And look at from 1842 to, to and then in 1997, that's when it was transferred back mm-hmm. under Chinese control. 
Now, from 1842 to 1997, a lot happened in mainland China. Most notably, um, around 1945, the communists came in. There was a whole Chinese communist revolution. Oh, my God. 99 years is a really long time. Yeah. yeah. So for 99 yeah. years, they were kind of like this British colony. So you think of like, you know, Western, had a whole bunch of Western things. And then meanwhile, mainland China is going through this whole communist revolution. Yeah. They become a communist thing they're doing their thing not saying that one is better than the other but just sort of painting the picture of where these people are coming from so then since 1997 that's when the british were like all right here you go like it is yours here you go so they give it back but the people of of hong kong have been living for 90 like plus like that was when the lease was like we're going back for so many times like you can even put it back to 1842, but it goes beyond that where they're living with this Western influence and they really did come up with their own customs. It was where East met West. It was a hybrid. Yeah, you have to. Right. And so that's kind of why now Hong Kong is it's that's that's like the, the backdrop of what's going on in Hong Kong, because you have generations of people who are used to this Western like, you know, Western mm-hmm. influence. They're used to democracy they're used to you know they they didn't go through the chinese revolution that was what they went through that didn't affect us and now china and in 1997 they had what was called one country two systems so you know in the 90s and the early 2000s and stuff pretty much up until kind of very recently china was just like all right look you know you do your thing we do our thing we're one country, but you do that. And then it's kind of um, getting in odds, as you can imagine, the, a clash between people who are like, well, wait a second, like, you, now we can't do this. Now we can't do this. Now we can't do this. Like, I don't like that because I've never lived under that system. Right. I'm taking it to the streets. And China's like, you must not know about us. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that's kind of what's going on in Hong Kong right now. And I just thought, yeah. I just Ooh. think it's really interesting because you it's really easy to just be like, well, what? But when you put it into perspective of like, yeah, these people were living basically this hybrid, like best of both worlds. Like, all right, well, you know, not everything about Britain's awesome, but we're going to take this, the part of it that we like that's awesome. And then we're going to take the part of China that we like that's yeah. awesome and we're, we're just going to do it and we're just going to make a whole bunch of money and stuff. And then China's like, we want in on that money. Matter of fact, y'all belong to us. Matter of fact, I don't like your uppityness. Matter of fact, we're one country. So everything should should like, right, you know, fall into place. So um, Chinese boxing, which is Chung Ko Chuan, which it means it's translated as Chinese fist. Yeah, it's not a it's not a sport like, you know, like we have boxing and that's a sport like Chinese boxing. It isn't a sport. It's more of like a basically a survival tool and you use your whole body as a weapon and it's more of a study of energy. So I'm like when they were besmirching Chinese boxing, I was like Chinese boxing sounds superior to pretty much every single art form, like martial arts that I've heard. And finally, the famous Chuck Norris fight, Bruce Lee wanted it to be 
Like, the, it's shot so that you see all of their body because he wanted you to see all of their bodies and with dramatic lighting to make them look larger than life. Right. And they both put on weight to, to appear a little larger than they had been. Okay, Teeny, any, any more nerd alerts? Uh, oh, yes. I think this is... I think this qualifies. Does a film technique, like a shooting technique, qualify as a nerd alert? That is yes. exact. That's the definition of nerd yeah. alert. Okay, well, I'm going to need help because I don't know the term. When you shoot something, there was a scene and it was so at midnight, like the, the New Year's coming and it's midnight. Yes. And then he runs outside at midnight because like people start shooting at him and chen and then he runs outside and then you see like a shot of daylight but it's midnight and there's a shooting technique called something day for night yep day for night and it's when you shoot scenes that should be taking place at nighttime during the day am i right yes and the most popular example of this before that was or the most popular example of this is in jaws which ah. we just talked about mm-hmm. when in the first shark attack scene where she um like it's meant to look like they just drank all night and then they're it's like dusk right or dawn and she gets in this in the water but that was really shot completely during the day. yep shot during the day and i just like that it was Full circle. And you, will see, you will find that happen a lot with us. Yeah. How it just circles back around. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay, we are two reheatables. I'm going to start with my negatives. Ooh, yeah, we always start with the negatives. Uh, Aaron has embraced the black voice silver, but it was so freaking stereotypically... It- Oh my god! It's problematic. It's stereotypical, but it made me laugh. So, and then my second one again, Aaron's favorite character, Ho. Yeah. His teeth. Oh my god! Well, that's. I mean, I think a lot of people point to we have fluoride in the water. You know, that's just modern sort of. That's. I mean, that's how most people's teeth should look when we when we see old movies and stuff from period pieces. Oh yeah. People's teeth true. should look like that. But that's how my teeth would look without all the help I've had. And they still are jacked. Mm -hmm. Okay. The, the 70s vibe. I mean, the, the double knit polyester, the hair, the mustaches, the, the fashion. It was so 70s. Yeah. Okay. My biggest one, Chuck Norris's chest and back hair i specifically put his back shoulder hair as i believe his trap hair i couldn't believe it i couldn't either i couldn't believe that nobody was like can we chuck can we just like shave it there's this thing called waxing it's gonna hurt like hell but you're you're a karate seven time karate champion we will capture your tears to cure cancer. But he had so wow. much hair. He had more hair on his trap area 
than he had pretty much like I've ever seen anyone have every anywhere. I thought it was a joke. I've never seen him without a shirt on because my God. And then I thought, please tell me that they just added extra. So the one time Bruce Lee grabs his chest hair, just tell me that that's added. But it, it, it was his real hair, wasn't it? Oh my yeah. god! I, like oh his my chest god. hair and stuff, it was a little excessive. But I, I, I think, and I don't offend easily. I think he offended me with his that back hair, back shoulder hair. Yeah, I was oh just. Oh my god! Seriously, yeah. wow. Okay, any anybody else negative reheatables? I didn't. I didn't write any down. Oh well, buckle in. Gonna say that, yeah. But I'm gonna say that chest. And back here had to have ruffled a feather or two. Well, just hold for that. Okay. okay. We Ooh, haven't gotten oh. to that part yet. Uh, you know? Oh, oh, okay. No kink shaming here, Teeny, if that's what oh you're into. God. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's oh. not my MVP. <laughs> Thank you, because oh, I stepped in at that time. Ooh, okay. okay. Everybody, everyone's uh, allowed their thing. I, I have seen my son without a shirt on. He doesn't have. The There's butt. a reason why I've married that man. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. Um, Aaron, negative. I do have the black guys being very black exploitation. Yeah, that's bad. You know. But it was '72, and that was black exploitation. Yeah, it time. was totally black exploitation times. Um, I also put, you know. The, the whole reason that the Italian beauty was in it was to show boobs and yeah. it was just like you know Bruce Lee knew who he was making the movie for so yeah. just, just that time yeah. of like you, they were good boobs though you, you gotta throw in a topless woman yeah um, I laughed so hard at where the woman parked in Rome for the airport parking lot she was just like base I don't even know where the parking lot was she was parked sideways between two it was very much a like we just need to get this shot who cares about how actual airport parking and she lots can't look? put it in reverse and actually drive it yeah so. there's no other cars around i it really got me thinking of like what were 1972 airport parking lots like now because now you know you gotta have the card you gotta go in you gotta it's you know yeah no she um, had to be able to pull out straight ahead her apartment interior decorating seemed like it was straight out of the last scene from Pillow Talk. <laughs> well, but think of it. She had, I don't, was it a wall or a curtain of just the circles? Yeah. It was so yeah. 70s. Yes. It was 70, 72. I know. It was so, just, yeah. wow. This yeah. this was comfortable living. This is what people thought. That's why I like, that's why we do go with the bushes and why I like it. Because it's just a peek into how people lived and what people thought was cool. And like, it was so cool. Yeah, that would be so cool. Because this is all fantasy. It's all made up. Like somebody had to either find it or design it or have it be that way. And it's like, that's perfect. We'll shoot yes. there. And. Yes. Wow. It was not she was basic I I wonder like what people in Hong Kong because it was made for the Asian market, like if they thought of her as kind of like a sellout. You know what I mean? Like Oh, or as 
that's what I aspire to. Yeah. I want an apartment like that. Because she basically, because she was very much into the Western culture and stuff. Very and much. She never yep. said anything to put down her own culture, but it's just that interesting sort of thing of how some to some people they will look at it and be like she's a sellout and to other people they will look at it and be like well no she's just aspiring to be in in that lifestyle and that's what she likes mm -hmm. to live and mm -hmm. who is to say what is correct and what isn't i mean if she was putting down her own people like if she was doing that to the detriment of her own people then i think that's where kind of you should draw the line of like you're aspiring to this and hurting your own people that's not good but Yes. Uh, uh, you know, anyway. Yeah. Um the oh, the thugs and they were like, Oh, the thugs are threatening you, but they're just training. Like the whole like that they're they're working in the Chinese restaurant, but that they're also having to train. Yes. And I just yeah. thought that, that was kind of funny. And and also that it just how it's just set in Italy and that's not where I would think a Chinese restaurant would go, but but I'll I'll get to that later. Um and the depiction of all the thugs are in some ways it's the best reheatable because it does like even the black guys aren't when you look at them you're not like oh they're thugs like they just look like a black person yeah in and, the early 70s and even like the italian thugs it was like these are the these are the bad guys like yeah the, the chubby scary? dude was like the head bad guy. The chubby dude looked like what's his face from Murphy Brown? Sheldon. 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 Yeah. yeah, I thought that it was Sheldon from Murphy Brown for a long time because he looked just like him. <laughs> wow. I watched a lot of Murphy Brown in my youth. It explains yeah. a lot. He he's now sticking his head in an oven. But go ahead. Oh no, he's passed away, Ma. So did he? Yeah. I didn't know. A couple of years ago. I got my my pulse on the Murphy Brown pulse. Um. Oh, okay. How Chuck Lee, Chuck Lee, how Bruce Chuck Lee, Lee, Bruce Lee. Oh, spoiler alert: Bruce Lee kills Chuck Norris's character Colt in the Italian Coliseum, which is one of the biggest tourist attractions around. Kills him. Feels bad about it. puts it, puts his gi and his black thing on it. And as is like a, a sign of respect, and then it's just, it's just like walks away, like he murdered a man at a tourist location, and they weren't allowed to film there. They had to like just scurry and hurry up and get those shots because they weren't allowed to film in the Coliseum. I thought oh, wow. that maybe they had filmed it on a on a soundstage and made it look like the Coliseum, but okay, very possible, I, I don't very know. possible. Um, okay, and then. Also, like, they're fighting, and it's supposed to be the Colosseum. I'm like, I guess the Colosseum, I don't know. I've never been to Rome. It, it was, I guess you could find a place where no tourists were around. But I was just like, this is the Colosseum. I, I feel like there's just, you know, it's yeah. it's, it's important. Yeah, people... very, un... you could not believe there would be not a soul in sight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then finally, at the Italian, the Roman Italian airport restaurant, they have an assortment of s more than six plus different types of Campbell's Campbell soup. <laughs> because you, you neglected that. But when he points to the, like, he goes to the menu and it's like steak sandwiches and stuff. And then he flips the thing and it says Campbell's at the top. And then there's all of these soups. 
And I'm just like, what? You're an Italian restaurant and you're carrying 10 varieties of cannabis. I don't know. I buy it. They're at the rest. They're at the airport. Okay. That's exactly what I would expect at the airport. Yeah, it's true. I get. They I, don't have time to make it. At least they need truth in advertising. Like the Americans come and need something, need a name that they recognize. And they probably got money endorsement. Yeah, yeah. You know, Campbell Soup was over there in Italy because after you know World War Two, Italy even before them wasn't doing too great. Had to come in. It was probably like, yeah, we can push our soup on all these people. That's right. So this watery I, soup. It just made me laugh. I was like, damn. I mean, you you all do know you're Italian, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got it going on. Okay, positive reheatables. <clears throat> Scenic Rome. I love seeing Rome because mm-hmm. I we didn't get to Rome. Especially we in the seventies, because you know it doesn't look like that. I mean, there's probably it would probably be crazy to be like, oh man, it actually does look that like like, there's probably some things that look exactly the same, even though this was 1972, because that's how old Rome is. So they just didn't touch it. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Hey, like, who cares? But you know, there, yeah, there are McDonald's and yeah. um, Burger Kings and such. Um, okay. So I had, as a negative, the 70s vibe. As a positive, I have the 70s vibe. All right. There we go. Come on. Okay. This is going to be a real shocker. But uh, the fight scene between uh, Bruce Lee and Jude. Um, Chuck Norris? Thank you. The cat. Oh, I, I actually the cat. enjoyed I the cat. I did too. I the cat so facial features. You're welcome, Erin. And my last positive reheatable. Come on. Old time Adidas. They were all oh, rocking yeah. the old time Adidas oh, shoes. Yeah. That's true. Uh, mine were being able to meet your family at the gate in an airport. Yes, mm-hmm. that was so great. Yeah. And like, you know, if you're flying out somewhere by yourself, somebody could come sit with you for a little bit. Yes. Um, and the 70s vibe. I loved her apartment. I thought it was so cool. <laughs> the beaded curtains and all the yellow ch- furniture. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> okay. Agree. Fair enough. So take your negative reheatable and shove it. I That's right. <laughs> well, I did turn mine into positives, except for that, except for that hair of Chuck Norris. So. Hey, yeah. Hey, I don't know anything about uh interior design i was just i was just like wow there's a lot going on here but i'm not mad at it i was just well maybe i am a little bit mad at it it was everybody has their own all right that's right i was got a little you got a little chinese vibe going on right behind you yeah 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 that's true um Okay, so my good reheatables, I like the opening credits, how it was like seven-time U.S. and world champion, Italian beauty, 1970s karate champion. That's because you saw it with, with subtitles. I didn't. I saw the I saw the Asian writing. Oh, well, it was on, on the one that I had with Pluto. And that's why I thought that that's what it was saying in the Chinese characters was saying those oh. titles, but I guess no. it wasn't. I like that it took place in Rome... And because it shows that 
all people move around all different places and it would be easy to be like oh they came from hong kong and of course they opened a restaurant but that's what a lot of immigrants do because food is an excellent gateway into other people's cultures it's true so you eat you think like oh oh they have like weird food like oh hong kong they have weird food and you think it's weird and then you try it and you're like oh wow this is actually fantastic and when you think about it it's just people in different areas taking what they have and cooking it in the ways that they know how and the different flavors and it's probably going to be different flavors than they than you have or have been experienced to and you eat it and they're like this is good and then you eat it and if you're able to put your preconceived notions aside you can find that a lot of times if like the famous popular dish of a different area it's a famous popular dish for a reason and when you have it you're like man this is fantastic and it just bridges and then that's how people can they start getting into other cultures and they're just like oh I like like I like this food. What what else is this? And I just think that it's a great and that's kind of how a lot of different immigrant groups have, um, you know, made a, a foothold and got right. a, a a position and a place in. And one time, like a thing that I don't think a lot of people know is that there are a lot of Chinese people who went. That's why, like, it was in Italy. Like, yeah, there are Chinese people that went to Italy, and they're Italian now. And there was a bunch of Chinese people that went to, like, Mexico. And there's Chinese food places in Mexico. And it's just, it was just, like, this whole great... I like that it wasn't, like, oh, they went to America and opened a... It was like, no, they went to Italy. yeah. And they opened... Because people, Italian people would like Chinese food as well. And they would want to go to some place that was good and to experience that different kind of culture thing. And so I thought that that was like a good reheatable. I remember going to a Chinese restaurant in Germany when we were first there before you. And it was so weird ordering Chinese food in German, but it was like kind of comforting, you know, we're yeah. in Germany, but we can get these Chinese food. That's how I felt getting like going to a Chinese food place in Mexico. It was mm-hmm. weird because you're, you're like, oh, but then when you think about it, it's like, why? How is that any weirder than Chinese food in America? Exactly. It's like the exact same yeah. thing, and it and it's it's cool, and I think it's cool. Like if you go to Mexico, you should be able to find like a Swedish food place. Although I don't like Swedish meatballs. I, I guess I don't know. Other they, than Swedish meatballs, uh, but you know. Mm-hmm. But okay, that's the point. Yeah. Before I get myself into trouble, um, I like when Gerfin Gerfin. <laughs> I like when Bruce Lee beats up that like he comes back to the apartment and there's a guy with a gun in the apartment waiting for them and he just commences to just beat him up. And then when he's like done beating him up, he just drags him out the door and just puts him in the hallway. Exactly. Like, there, you're done. You're beat up. You're somebody else's problem. Get out of my house. Um, also, I like how Bruce Lee always stretched before. He did. And then he had that, you, you hear, you heard his bones crack. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'm going to add, I didn't write it in, but just the sound of like the psh, psh, psh. Like oh, all yeah. the the snare hits and stuff and the and poppies. Oh, 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 oh. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's great. That's just my childhood right there. So he added all those in afterwards. Yeah, because there was no sound. It all had to be added in. Um, and then finally, I love how Bruce Lee was his character was not impressed by Rome. He <laughs> was just like like still rocking that. Like, yeah, I'm from Hong Kong. I rep Hong Kong. Rome, whatever. This like what's so special about here? Like you right. got all this it's all old. I would have torn it down. I would have rebuilt it. I would have made some money. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not impressed by this bullshit. You're trying to make like it's better than where I'm from. I and I just like that because we see so few Asian American you know representations and to just have somebody to just be like yeah i'm straight up i'm from hong kong i'm repping i'm proud of it i'm a man i'll kick anyone's ass what we got ancient shit too yeah i he of course and if you think about it he's like hong kong he from like you know before there's borders or whatever just the whole kind of area just like all right chinese they got old shit too like they're yeah. not it's not like america how it's like well we don't know anything like you know you can't go back to the times of jesus in, in the i mean you can but it's not well you know what i mean but yeah you know rome is going back we got stuff before jesus all that and china's like excuse me hold my beer we do too bitches <laughs> How far back you want to go? Yeah, the West thinks that they're the, they got a lock on on all the good shit, and it's like, nah, man. So I like that. Okay, we are to quotables. I've done a few throughout. So, Tini, what are your quotables? Okay, well, this quotable could have gone with three heatables. But when they're talking, I mean, just a lot of the things really felt like it speaks to what's going on in 2020. And, uh, but the one I realized they'll stop at nothing to take my land. Yeah. That's a statement. Um, She's like the police. We can't ask them for 24 hour protection. Yeah. And can you imagine? I'm, I'm assuming that the, I mean, I'm just being realistic. I doubt that the Roman police in 1972 were all that keen to protect a Chinese right. restaurant. Yeah. Chinese lives yeah. matter. Uh. And then the workers, how will I pay them? I have no money. That's a yeah. major 2020 mood. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Um, and lastly, when... Uh, I don't know who said, oh, Chen was like, can you buy a gun around here? Anybody can buy a gun. That's the problem. Yes. <laughs> and it is. Uh, agreed. Yeah. 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 This uh, guy who can't even speak English can go and buy a gun. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, but yeah, it's but like, he didn't want to, but I thought it was like a really good, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does put it. Yeah. It's interesting, but then it's, it leads into the question of like, well, did the Italians change their gun laws or do they just well, not have that issue? Because they were like, oh, you can, anybody can buy a gun around here. And then they all had guns, but then the boss was like, don't use your gun. I don't know. It's probably something going on in Italy. We won't know, but. I don't know. Yeah. But those are my quotables that I thought were all very relevant to current day. 
Aaron, quotables? Um, I like when he said, ever since I got off the plane, it's been terrible. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was so good. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I've done it a bunch. The the may you help me line and the yeah. whole thing about yeah. like you don't know. Oh, you don't know about Chinese spare ribs. <laughs> oh. I was looking at this one website where this guy was just like taking notes as he was watching the movie, and he's one of the notes was, "Don't ever think I've seen Jive Talk dub before." <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It was it was extremely offensive to me, uh, which brings us to our LVP. Wait a second. I didn't do. <clears throat> I'm sorry. So the guy that played Ho, he actually dumped his own lines. So all of Ho's lines are. Oh, really? Him. Yep. <clears throat> he was in a lot of 70s Yeah, he TV. was in a lot. Um, so, but I, I just loved all his line readings. Yeah, like he was, he was always like, I, I can't do it. Um, cause I have the other one in my head, but he, I was like, I always do my best. Like he, I just love how he just sold it. You could tell that he, his character to me was a man who was like on the, the cut, like he probably was watching, um, I don't like shaft and super, like all the black exploitation <laughs> films and like to him he wanted to emulate that like how in barry gordy's the last dragon and stuff and like wu-tang clan how they wanted to emulate um you know kung fu and shaolin and all of that and aspire to that that the opposite and reciprocal would be true so you would have like a, a chinese like a guy from hong kong watching black exploitation films and wanting to emulate that and so that's how he was building his like i'm bad persona it was trying to emulate inner city black culture and stuff and so given these line readings like i always do my best baby and then and then also how he was um like hitting on like he was obviously at least bisexual maybe a gay man because he was hitting on all of like the guys and stuff but yeah he was like supposed to be like the big bad and i guess that's that's a good reheatable so it's a good reheatable but i gave him my LVP mm. because he was so stereotypically 70s gay vibe. But he sprinkled in black street culture, which made <laughs> it like he took something old and twisted it and made it new. Maybe he did. I just thought of my gay friends watching this going, oh my God, do we have to watch this guy exploit? Yeah you know, exploit what we're trying to to get away from that. Well, yeah, it's the, it's the, the same thing then of also, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where both things can be true. It can be completely stereotypical and uh, completely offensive and also awesome at the same time. Like Or like Saturday Night Live, Pat. You remember Pat in Saturday Night Live? Because she didn't know it was Pat was Pat feminine? Was Pat masculine? Was Pat gender specific? Male, Just female? Just gender neutral. Was Pat, Pat they? Uh, yeah, Pat was kind of fluid and you just didn't know. And so was he like, could he have been an, uh, a feminine, a masculine personality? You know? Yeah. He could have been male completely male just with a little bit of a feminineness i, I mean, don't it know it was rome like 
the whole metrosexual scene and stuff. I but think, it, it made me uncomfortable for my gay friends. It probably is because we're looking at it from 2020 and being like, oh, well, it could be. The, and they could be looking at it from this, but probably in 1972. They were not looking at it from that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. So I would think as a as a gay person watching it, you would go, my God, could this be more stereotypical? Yes. Okay. That's my point. LVPs. Mine was Chuck Norris's chest hair. Thank yeah, you. I had to make it my LVP. It was so bad. And it was so bad. And that thought of having that ever touched my face to that just Ew. really makes me disgusting. <laughs> was, oh my God, I didn't even go oh. there. Oh my God. You know, the, the word that comes to mind for me is egregious. It's disgusting. <gasps> Just disgustingly egregious. Yes, this was before waxing for men. But it wasn't, cause, you know, I I just. Uh... Like he should have known better. It Somebody should have pulled him aside. It was so bad. I mean, first listeners, all you see is his front, which is egregious enough. But then he turns around. Oh my god. Oh yeah, my god. It's just I don't know. Oh my That's god. It was there so are some bad. babies born like that, <gasps> you know, cause with a lot of hair. Cause they have on their chest and back? Are yeah. you kidding me? I'm Googling that. The back right. of no. their shoulders. Go ahead and look. I want you to know that my babies were beautiful when they were born. The hair had been like like that's early. Was I born with a full head of hair or like not so much hair? Neither of you had a each of you had a full head of hair. It wasn't full, full. It was straight and it was dark, but you both had a head of hair. Like it wasn't, you know, like uh, John Stamos or whatever, <laughs> but it was, Greek. A, but I also heard that if your baby has a full head of hair, you're going to have morning sickness worse. And I had it with both of you. Oh yeah. Oh, the headline of this is, Parents shocked as mini Wolverine baby born covered in Yes. Blood. Oh my yes. gosh. Yes. Yes. Well, you have I, no what idea. What is the ethnic? Like, I wonder if ethnic ethnicity plays a this part. This baby's full blown white. <laughs> yeah. But the like, yeah. are they are they you know there's all there's different. It looks like be... he has a grown ass man's hair on his arm. Is it yes. dark like black hair? Yes. It's like it, it was he premature or. Full term because I felt like they kind of shed that a little bit as they get more. I feel you know, like if you term. if you look where like yeah he was born still inside the amniotic sac is that premature at six pounds thirteen ounces he was just born in the sac like her yeah like, that can happen that the water didn't break and then you have that to like puncture happen. it when he yeah. first, I'm sorry when he first came out it had almost formed a beard on his face and some people have <gasps> yeah. joked he'll be shaving before he starts. Yeah. Well, now my Adam brother, came out with a he had a mustache. mustache. He did, but Who? he didn't have the hair Adam? everywhere. Yeah, your yeah. husband was born with a mustache, but he didn't have the Ew. he didn't have the the back hair and the chest hair and all that. But he always had a mustache. Like he's he, always he had was a like mustache. five years old and had a mustache. Like yeah. he's always had a mustache. Ew, that's not right. What? It but wasn't it was always, an ugly mustache. It, it, it wasn't was like yeah. It was just like the wisp of it, like. Like you know when yeah. you make fun of like the the thirteen year old teenage boy rape mustache. Yeah, like, that's great. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah like, it wasn't he just a always Tom had Selleck it. mustache. It was like just when you got up close, you were like, "Oh, he has a mustache." If we're gonna worry about anything when he was born, it was his ears because the his oh. ears. His ears. That's right. Yeah. Saying. There well, were so many the, folds and. Oh, uh, they look so, fine now. Yeah. Exactly. His, like he, he, he definitely blossomed. It was definitely one of those instances where you take a shriveled plant and put it in some water, and then it like fulfills yeah, itself. I'm just at saying. the beginning, it was. It was. Yeah. It was iffy. Yeah. It was iffy at the beginning. I mean, I'm just gonna say it continued to get better. Yeah. Because. Wow. Being there at the beginning, it was a little like, did I? I heard his feelings saying that he was UGL why when he was born, but then he became gorgeous, of course. Yeah, I mean, we have the photographic evidence. It's just like a lot of people have not seen the first like forty eight hours. Oh yeah, we're still. You shouldn't look at newborn pictures online. No, you yeah, shouldn't. No. A lot of things can go wrong. Aaron, you know, two weeks later was just fat and chubby and happy. Yeah. Because she was two weeks late. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I was I was pretty much like walking when I got out by the time I decided to make my appearance. So. She came out saying, hey, Ma, how's it going? It is funny because we do celebrate. We, we don't celebrate, but we do make on July 31st, make the joke like, oh, this was supposed to be your birthday because it was supposed to be my brother, both of, you. Both of our due dates. And then I did laugh wildly last week, like when it was my birthday, because I was like, that was so long ago. (laughs) And Adam is always early everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Which was, as the second child, lovely. That was great. Okay, quotables, Erin. I have my LVP. Oh, I'm sorry. She doesn't want you to tell any of your stuff today. I know. Ever. Um, my honorable mention is Chen, the girl, and as your LVP, as my honorable mention, yeah, because she just didn't have uh, like all she oh, was doing she was, was throwing kind of shade, look. yeah, and it was just it's not her fault. It's not like it was. I was just more disappointed in Bruce Lee, but okay. you know the times How's she and stuff. Fit into this? Yeah, exactly. it's just the woman character. She didn't have anything to do. She w- was just. Like uh, doing yeah. everything, it was just just a real wet blanket and stuff. That's um, true. So my real least valuable player is the uncle who is the cook because yeah, he at the end shanks his own people in the Spoiler back. Alert. Oh yeah, and then it's like oh I just wanted I just want them to buy the restaurant and it was like well why did if you want to leave and go back to Hong Kong why didn't you just leave and go back to Hong Kong you wanted to go back with a lot of money then you then you just sell it I don't understand the whole I was like what are we even doing here my guy right talk to the girl I'm sure you could you could buy her out or whatever I kind of watched it a second time while I was working on my doing the homework writing up the notes because I thought that maybe I had fallen asleep and missed something where they alluded to this guy was gonna do this turncoat thing and really be the villain and no that was just something that he he just decided to do and I was like yep. okay I did enjoy that part I, I did too. I didn't I like, see it coming. I like the uh, unexpected that happened. Which brings us to MVPs. Mm-hmm. So there are many. I was just going to go with, come on, Bruce Lee. Yeah, that's obvious. 
That's so obs. So I went with the darts. Yeah, those because oh, the darts yeah. were pretty freaking cool. I am so obs, and I went with Bruce Lee because I. <laughs> this is the first Bruce Lee movie I've ever watched. Well, I think beginning to end, me too. Or like anything with it. I don't know. Truth be told. And we just watched, if you haven't watched the 30 by 30, 30 by 30, 30 for 30 on Bruce Lee, that's actually two hours long. Mm -hmm. um, you should watch it because it's really good. And that's how we got the idea of watching this movie. Yes. And it's just so fascinating. So he was yes. my MVP. He was so fascinating. And his son then. Okay. That's him. Oh, yeah. That's him. Tasty nuggets. Okay, Aaron, MVP? Okay, so I have um, honorable mention, the music. I loved the oh, beginning thing. Although, did Pink Panther come out before or after this? I know, because they're so reminding me of the Pink Panther yeah, as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't, really did. I don't know, but it was just the whole, like, dee -dee 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 -dee. It like, reminded me of another song. Yeah, it was just quintessential late 60s kind of film, but it just really yeah. had a nice little bounce to it, and it really put me into, okay, um, so this was, this, you know, this was all the other films that Bruce Lee did, they were directed by other people and this was Bruce Lee's vision. So yes. it really showed his humor. And I was telling Ma earlier, one of my favorite directors is a Hong Kong director named Stephen Chow. He did Kung Fu Hustle, Shaolin Soccer. Um, he did The King of Comedy. He did a whole bunch of these movies and it's just this kind of like slapsticky, funny, mm -hmm. silly movies and when i was watching this i was just like man this is like i bet stephen chow was really influenced by this guy we're gonna we're definitely gonna do a stephen chow movie at some point i just have to figure out which one um probably multiple ones but it's just really um it, it's it's a lot of people will will say other movies like enter the dragon and fist of fury and stuff are be like better quote better bruce lee movies but this is the quintessential bruce lee movie because it's his vision it's how it, he directed it he wrote it this was what he was um trying to say and there, not to say that there aren't faults but it's just sad how we were robbed of yes what what could have been this is his first movie you know steven spielberg's first movie was what a tv movie, like duel sugarland express you know and then he does jaws so yeah. he had some reps under his belt. And like for this being his first one out, it's just think of what could have happened with just some more refinement and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I agree. I'm so glad that the first Bruce Lee movie we did was his own. So yeah. props to Christine for that. Well done. Exactly. And also another honorable mention for Ho because I, yes, his character is very problematic, but I appreciated at least it was problematic in that way and it showed that. And so now we can watch it in 2020 and say like, oh, and, and recognize the different ways that it's problematic as opposed to it just being like a regular heavy Mm -hmm. and true all true. of that. So it, it, it contains multitudes and like everything, it can't be just 
you know, pushed down and reduced to a binary construct. It's like multiple things can be true about something, can be super problematic and also just really entertaining at the at the same time and and entertaining is just a simplification but it can take like nuances and at least we get to like talk about it and like and like unpack things which is cool because he didn't have to do that he could have just put in a guy that was just super slick and like a badass right right and that's like and that's the thing with comedy is that sometimes it doesn't age well Well done. Okay, I sent Adam, Aaron, and Christine a text that I was not recasting this because how the fuck could you? So I did not recast. I'm going to wager a bet that Christine did not recast. I did not. How did you know? <laughs> but Aaron, did you do a recasting? I didn't. <clears throat> I didn't do a recasting, but I did come like. Okay. Because you can't recast it because it's Bruce Lee. And Bruce Lee is one of a kind. But... Exactly. I did... Bruce Lee did kind of remind me... And from watching um, the 30 for 30 be like water, he kind of reminds me... If I... Like, I know you can't recast him because you can't... Like, all the physical stuff. But there was a resemblance to me of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And like he's Agreed. not, but there's something about Jordan G- Joseph Gordon Levitt that does remind me of Bruce I Lee. Saw that several times. And like when he's smiling, yes. and and you know he's not. From what I could say, I did a brief Wikipedia search. Joseph Gordon Levitt is of Jewish descent, but in reading about like Bruce Lee, you know he he has. German ancestry and like you know but it's just interesting to me because people can be of different places yeah and then yeah. so then also the guy that was Mike Moe who was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood I thought he was fantastic as Bruce Lee so yes. I wanted yeah. like he's somebody Jet Li, who is phenomenal as well, well. He, but I'm, I'm talking about like 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 that guy channeled Bruce Lee. Yeah. But his parents are of Korean descent. Like he's an American, yeah. but he's of Korean descent. And right. it was just very interesting to me of just how like Bruce Lee just had this combination of. I, I mean, he's irreplaceable. And so that's why you can't really do a recasting. But like, yeah, when I was watching it, it was always like I was like, man, he reminds me of, of uh, the JGL, man. I agree. I there were a that. couple times when I went, oh, my God, yeah. that is totally Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. Okay. Well, we are to Tasty Nuggets. And most of mine have already been talked about that it was filmed with no sound and post-production. Bruce Lee did most of it. It was Bruce Lee's favorite of all of the films that he did, according to his... Uh, wife he cast chuck norris because he was the only one fast enough to um make it look even believable and they actually had real contact he said um do you want to fight the champion and and chuck norris said no i want to kill the champion oh 
The choreography of the Chuck Norris fight was one fourth of the script. Oh shit! Wow. Uh, Bruce Lee added the percussion. All the timpanies and stuff. I wondered yeah. about that. And then this was most martial arts films are period pieces because once you introduce guns, mm. I mean, it's like that 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 scene in Indiana Jones when the person is hitting him with the whip and he just takes out the gun and shoots him. Because yeah. once guns were introduced, then guns are faster than even Bruce Lee. And so... That's the determiner. I heard that Bruce Lee carried around the 357 with him because it, he was like, yeah, I'm Bruce Lee. But because I'm Bruce Lee, there's a lot of people who want to test me. And Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And this was released in 72, July 30th, 1973, at the age of 32. It was the 20th. July 20th. Okay, he died of a brain edema, which was a reaction to prescription painkillers. Well, that's what they say. But, but there is some conjecture out there. So on, on the death certificate, it says from misadventure because he took an equalgesic, which is an aspirin and a mep. Probamate, which is a tranquilizer. Mm-hmm. So in May, May 10th of that year, he passed out and had seizures and he was diagnosed with a cerebral edema, which is excess fluid slash swelling of the brain. And the doctors, because he was at the hospital, were able to give him this medicine and, and so it fixed it. Um, but then, you know, in July, on July 20th, the similar thing happened and somebody gave him the equalgesic or whatever and he was like unresponsive and so then when he had after he passed away they did the autopsy and he had a 13 percent um his brain was 13 percent bigger from the excess fluid and swelling wow so that's what they they always they say that it was you know, they said that it was a cerebral edema, but nobody is really sure of what caused it. Some people say that it was the, the allergic reaction that he had to that, to the equalgesic or whatever. Um, but this guy, Matthew Polly, he wrote a book called Bruce Lee, colon, A Life. And in it, he says that Bruce Lee had his surgery and had his sweat glands removed from his um, armpits. Because, and this was something because, you know, sometimes people will ask questions like if you ever had enough money for plastic surgery, like what would you get anything done and what would you get done? And I was like, I I was always like, I wouldn't get anything done. But then when they were talking about like, you know, Botox keeps sweating, I sweat profusely. Like I got, I got sweat going on right now. I'm wearing a dark shirt though. Patrick Ewing. I, like, I sweat a lot. And so, like, dank underarm, you know, sweat stains and stuff. I always have them in the summertime. Actually, I have them all the time, 24-7, pretty much. Yeah, I would totally get that. That would be my option. Right? So, I would, Never too. That. But, and so, Bruce Lee had the same thing. Like, he didn't like the, the danky underarm sweat glands because... 
from his point of view, he's this guy. He's already fighting the struggle with Hollywood of not mm-hmm. accepting him, not letting him be the star matinee idol that everyone knows that he is because he's an other. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't need any other uh, demerits on his resume. Like he can't he can't be a sweaty Asian man, you know? We can say he is a person of color. Yeah, he is a person of color because yeah. he's an other, He, you know? He's a minority. He's he represents people that you don't always see on the screen. And so he he didn't like that. It was purely for aesthetic reasons. He didn't want to have stanky armpits. So they say that he had a surgery to remove his sweat glands under his armpits. And when he passed out in May, he was in an editing suite and it was really hot. And that he passed out because Ah. the reason that you sweat so much is because, you know, your body releases it. And then the moisture on your skin, as it moisture, as it comes up, the wind cools it off. And that's how your body stays cool. So I sweat my ass off, but I'm hardly ever hot. Like I was at a bar one time with my brother and he rushed me out of there like, oh, my God, he thought I was dying. I was just dripping sweat because it was really hot. It was by the beach. I was dripping sweat. He, he, I didn't even know what was going on. I was just like, I'm having a good time. He's like, come with me. And, it, and I come outside and he's like, are you okay? Are you better? And I was like, what? Like, no, I'm fine. He's like, you're like pouring sweat from your forehead. And I'm used to it because it's my life. And I was like, oh, no. Like, the reason I'm sweating profusely, but I'm actually really cool because that's what sweat does. He had the sweat glands removed, so his body couldn't regulate its temperature anymore. And this guy, Matthew Polly, he says that, you know, one of the causes of heat stroke is cerebral edema. So he thinks ah. that it was because that day it was July 20th in Hong Kong. Hong Kong is humid. It was in the 90s plus the humidity. He's a fit man, so he did all of his you know exercises, worked out, and it's probably that he, this guy says like, yeah, he died of the swelling of the brain, but it was probably due to the fact that he had the surgery to take his sweat glands out. Now I have his body couldn't do what his body needed to do. It to overheated. Yeah, right. and right. because that's like, look at this man. He's 32 years old. Peak of physical. Oh fit. my like, god! Like who is a fitter 0% man? percent body fat, right? So there's a lot of people who they they'll they throw out different things. Like what? Like some people say because he used to eat uh, marijuana, like edibles, but they weren't edibles in the 70s. But he would eat it hash, hashish, I think. But that doesn't like I haven't heard, seen or heard of a thing where like that no. causes cerebral edema. You know, the swelling of the brain, because everybody knows, like, that's what he died of. Well, what caused it? To me, right. I'm with Matthew Polly on this, and I think that it was ultimately heat stroke that did him in Probably. because of the sweat glands. Which he only he only went to fix that because of the Western look of you don't want to look sweaty when you're doing these phenomenal things. Yeah, because because he he okay we know bruce lee as being like this huge big star he didn't become like when this movie came out when this movie was released like all of his movies he's he's the one western star that received all of his fame posthumously yes he was kato 
But people didn't weren't like, oh yeah, Bruce mm-hmm. Lee. He like all of his success didn't happen until after he died. Then then they were like, oh man, like oh Bruce Lee. And it it's one of those things. Was my favorite saying. My saying of 2020 is this is why we can't have nice things. Because he didn't get a chance. He had to go. He was in, in America, in Hollywood. They had him. He had to go over to Hong Kong and make right. all his movies, all his stuff over there. Because they were the ones that gave him a chance. We were robbed of... Like, that. that's the theme of Gone with the Bushes. of The movies and, and shit that we were robbed of. We were yeah. robbed of so much from Bruce Lee. Because... Of just the way the things were. And BTW, Jackie Chan was in this movie as one of the Italian dude's henchmen. Oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any? So, because Bruce Lee died when he did, then Jackie Chan could become the mega star that he became but jackie chan didn't become a mega star until like in america i didn't know about jackie chan until he was in solidly in his 40s mm-hmm. and i was like what this guy's in his 40s but that's that's that yeah, western that's bias agreed other tasty nuggets um well i have proper home Bob Wall, Robert Hall, Robert Wall. Um, I like saw a thing about how he first met Bruce Lee and he was in a restaurant in Chinatown with one of his friends. And a guy was talking about how deadly Kung Fu was um, and that karate was nothing in front of it. He called some karate people up from the audience and said he would show us that karate doesn't work. Um, and he made three karate guys hit his arm. And then he would said he would show us how Kung Fu was deadlier than karate by hitting them. They didn't hurt him, and he said, put out your arms and I'll break them. And they said no and left the stage. And I said, you can hit my arm and break it if you can. And I walked on stage and stuck on my arm, which he hit several times. Then I slapped him in the face and said, let's fight. He fell down and didn't want to fight me. Um, And then he started walking away, and someone walked up and said, hey, that was funny. I'm Bruce Lee. (laughs) Whoa. And then he got into films with Bruce Lee. He was in three films with Bruce Lee. Because he, him and Chuck Norris were 50-50 partners of a martial arts school. Um, and Chuck Norris was talking to Bruce on the phone. Um, and he said he was going to be, like, when he got off the phone, he was like, oh, I'm going to be in a film with Bruce Lee in Rome. And he was like, all right, I'm going to come with you. And so when, then when Bruce Lee saw that he came with him, he just put him in the film. And then he was in that, and then he was in Enter the Dragon and Game of Death. And I guess he has oh, a really wow. big fight scene with Bruce Lee and Enter the Dragon. Wow. Which I have not seen. Um, and then my my other one was just that I think there were, like, since it makes sense since it was filmed with no sound. And there was a lot of um, errors with the dubbing. <laughs> that ended up happening but the only one that i really wrote down was when the they get in chen's car at the airport and he's like oh a bmw yeah it's not a bmw it was a Le Mans, wasn't it i thought it was a rolls royce I, he said oh rolls royce but i couldn't tell oh, what no, it was. i don't know it's not I oh maybe was... you had the right one oh no mine it just said oh a bmw 
How did we all watch three different versions? No, no, it was all the same because he was trying to get his character was trying to show like, oh, he knew about Western cars. Mm -hmm. So he was like, oh, it's a BMW and she doesn't say anything. And then he's like, oh, it's something else. She doesn't say anything. And then he's like, oh, I got it. It's a Rolls Royce. And she doesn't say anything. Oh, and then there was like some other I saw another thing like I think like because of the way it was dubbed, there was some confusion about how he got all the soups. Oh yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. That was all of mine. There was in the seventies a TV show Kung Fu mm-hmm. and David Carradine was the main character. I think that Bruce Lee was up for that, but they didn't feel like he was American enough yeah, to he was sell too the Asian. American public. They, they talk about it in that 30 for 30, Be Like Water, that he was too Asian to... They, that this guy who was like Kung Fu and like the whole story yeah. of it, that he like he was up... He should have been it. He was it, too Asian but to yeah, play an so Asian Yeah, so they went character. with like David Carradine. Right. And I used to watch that religiously. Uh, yeah. My dad did too. I did love me some kung fu. The budget okay, of Aaron, this movie. Do you have tasty nuggets? Yeah, the budget of this movie was one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. It eventually went on to gross one hundred and thirty million worldwide, which wow. is equal adjusted to inflation to seven hundred and thirty million dollars. That's wait one thousand times its budget. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Bruce Lee was the founder of Jeet Kune Do, which translated means way of the intercepting fist. <laughs> and it's again with the fist. And it's a hybrid martial arts. And many people say that it is credited with paving the way for mixed martial arts, which is MMA now. In fact, in the famous fight scene with Chuck Norris, he uses kind of like for the first time what's called an oblique kick. And that's when he kicks Chuck Norris in the knee. And that is probably right now the most controversial MMA move out there really yeah um i think like some i think like john jones or something is like an mma guy and he uses it a lot and he was basically like yeah i got it from bruce lee um yeah that that was all of my tasty nuggets i mean and also like the sadness that happened with his son brandon lee yeah my god in the early 90s he was cast as um in the movie the crow and while filming that film somebody had a interestingly enough a gun and it was supposed to be loaded with blanks but somehow a live a live round got in there and it shot him in the stomach and he died yeah and so people are like oh and then i guess Bruce Lee's older brother died under mysterious circumstances before he was born. Yeah. So people are always like, oh, oh there's wow. a, a Lee family curse. Yeah. So. Wow. Uh, great choice, Christine. Oh, I think it was. Yeah. I would not have chosen this. Yeah, I would have done like totally Enter the Dragon it. or Fist of Fury or, or yeah, mm-hmm. something. But I was like, this is actually brilliant. Oh my gosh. Yeah, TV is brilliant. She's, we got to see his vision. I'm just brilliant. She's just brilliant. You Look at her. Fucking brilliant. She like galaxy brain this shit. Look at that. 
my daughter brilliant drop the mic okay Aaron next week all right so you guys are not gonna guess this it is on HBO Max so that's how we will be streaming it it's a 1933 film I'm out it's I mean I'm not gonna guess it I'll watch it it's starring Paul Robeson. Never Wait, he's it. black. Yes, he, he is. He's like he's like old man River. Yeah, he he was he was one of the original about it about it guys of like. Old man River. Yeah. Did he sing that song in this movie? I don't know if he sang it in this movie. I don't really know anything much about this movie other than I was like looking through HBO Max of their Turner Classic curations. And I had added it to my wish li to my list, and because last time I picked Jaws, I was like, "Huh, I gotta like let me find. I gotta do some. It's time to we, that we educate ourselves." So it's not summertime. No, I I've never heard of this film before. Okay, it's Drop about it. a Caribbean dictator who like his dictating is it's not going well for the man apparently in the Caribbean. So it's 1933. It's called Emperor Jones. Really? Mm -hmm. Emperor Jones. Yes. It's on HBO Max. And we can get it on HBO Max. Yes. 1933, going back to the classics. Paul Robeson. Yeah. Paul Robeson. I know Paul Robeson. I, I know of Paul Robeson. So. Paul Robeson was, he was one of, I, I think we'll get into it more next week. If memory serves me correct, he was one of those guys that like in the 30s, you know, he had fame and people knew about him. And at a certain point, he was very unsatisfied with the way that things were going. And he was very outspoken. Oh. And that, you know, of course, a lot of people were, People were like, hey, stay in your lane, know your place. And he was How like, how can you not be happy with what you got? Yeah. And he was like, mm, because what I got is not what I was promised. Um, and I think he I think he led a remarkable career. And it's one of those names that you always hear about with the civil yeah. rights movement and stuff. Um, he was very influential. And so I thought it would be fun to just. You know, before right. before we go into Paul Newman Appreciation Month, which is yes. September. Yes, September is Paul Newman Appreciation Month. I was like, all right, let's go. All right. Emperor Jones, I've never heard about it. Like, Nor it have I. So this will be new for all of us. It's exciting. Okay, listeners. Well, there you go. We have done us some kung fu-ness. <laughs> A lot of fisting. Fist, 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 fist. Fisting. And we are going to do some emperoring next week. Emperor Jones. Well, there you go. Bye. Bye.